This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. Oof, I can't believe we got out of that one alive. All right, Carlos looks at the burning house as it collapses. I put away my pistol and I shake my fire axe at Ben. Why is it that every time you read a big book, we end up facing some creature man was not meant to know? Listen, Carlos, it's a book. A big book. Of course I'm going to read it. I can always count on you to read the dangerous book. Besides, that last encounter was amazing. House on fire, pit full of tentacles, running gun battles to the wine cellar, and that duel you had with Contessa Mali on the oversized chandelier was epic. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Even with the bad dice rolls, that was an incredible ending. Yeah, you uh, you guys surprised me when you used the hook on your axe to uh, try to catch her sword and bring her in close. And you helped me figure out that that would actually work. Of course, now I have to wonder if the Countess survived the fall. After that kiss, I'm seriously invested in what happens to her next. By the way, that pacing was perfect. Yeah, I like how you put the scene descriptions on the little dry erase cards so we can see the stuff to interact with. Made the whole thing flow smoothly, helped us kind of get through the encounters. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it's nice to know that everything kind of came together and worked the way I was hoping it would. That's excellent. And with that, welcome to the 475th episode of the Mr. Mark podcast. Tonight, we discuss GM feedback in your tabletop role-playing games. Along the way, we'll take your comments, examples, and suggestions live from the chat room for life on Twitch before we jump into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am Old Man Logan. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And let's jump into our temperature check, see how everybody's feeling, Phil. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, just a little tired. I um, shortchanged myself on a little sleep over the last few days, um, but I got a quick nap in before I made dinner tonight, so I think I'm on the upswing, otherwise physically doing great. And, uh, you know, mentally I'm doing all right. Like, work stuff is fine, and uh, nothing really, like, everything else, personal stuff is pretty good and all that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to go with like a solid B plus. How about you, Jer? I'm pretty good now. Uh, we're having some problems at my office. We've been without internet or phones for a day and that makes things chaotic. So it was a stressful day, but then we got home and it was, things are much better and it's fun hanging out with you guys. So I'm in a good mood and ready to go. Bob. I got two words for you. Flargo blarg. That's one word, isn't it? <laughs> That's, I think I made it two words. I don't know. Ah. I'm drained. I am I am tired mentally and physically. I'm dealing with a leaking patio door that was just re, uh replaced on uh, on Wednesday. They they finally got around to replacing it after 9 months. And it leaks. And uh so I'm dealing with that. I got work stuff that's that's uh like a, a fairly big mental load trying to figure out how best to to write a test script so that you test as much as possible in in one iteration and and it's just like, <laughs> so I'm just drained. So I'm going to go, I'm going to come in at about a C today. <laughs> Maybe C minus. No, that's fair, man. That, but other than that, since you guys drive the train more often than not, I'm going to let you guys run this gig and I'm going to pop in when I need to be and <laughs> keep the tech. Yeah. Sorry. Your, sorry. Your door is leaking. Like after yeah. all that waiting and finally get it installed and yeah. now it's not quite. I mean, I know they're going to fix it. I mean, the, the owner is, is as keen on it being fixed as I am. 
Like the good. owner of the company literally came out to my place and looked at it last week. So it's going to get fixed. It's just a matter of when. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure they have to take it out and do and put it back in. No. <laughs> Which means they have to do it when it's not raining. Which also means, don't you, like, I mean, do you have to move everything out of the living room again? Or because I never it's already... moved everything back. Which is the other oh. thing. When I'm working, I'm working from not my, my home office area. I'm working from my entertainment office area. Which is throwing everything a little bit off too. So it's just been... Yeah, you're like everything's out of whack, huh? Like, ah! It's a lot, so, man. Flargle bar blarg. Flargle blarg. Got you. Blarg. I got Put you. The definitions next time. All right. Okay. Got Go one for announcement it, for tonight. Um, cool. It is our first episode of June. So happy pride. So happy pride. For all of our happy alphabet pride. mafia out there. Um, happy pride. If you are out. Um, fantastic. If you are not out. Um, and I've been there myself. If you are not out, you are still uh, seen, recognized, and loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And uh, when you're ready, if you're ever ready, um, the rest of us will be here waiting for you. So um, in the meantime, uh, f- you know, find your own way to enjoy Pride. Um, I, who, you know, am a person whose, you know, wardrobe is like almost completely black, um, found my one small way to... Um, uh, for Pride this year, I have a um, rainbow um, watch band for my Apple Watch, um, which I actually really like. I picked it up on on Amazon, and it's a it's a, a nice fabric. Um, it's a nice fabric weave, and I'm just I I, I was like, well, I'm going to wear it for Pride. And now I'm like, I think I'm probably not going to change it. Like after Pride, <laughs> I think I'm probably just going to keep it on. Um, I like the feel of it. I like the look of it. But yeah, I I saw um, a T-shirt. I saw a T-shirt, and I should have just gotten it that said. Um, queer but does not like bright colors mm-hmm. yeah like i feel like i have never i've never met a t-shirt that better summed me up right like i just um you know it is it is what it is um and maybe in the after show i'll talk a little bit more about it but anyway i just wanted to wish everyone a happy pride and um you know a uh, happy month um hopefully of just um celebrating and you know celebrating in whatever way you're comfortable celebrating um who you are there you go all right well that will bring us to the feature segment which is of course a workshop so i see you just got a nice sip of water go thank you thank you workshop workshop no not that kind of feedback we're talking about gm and player feedback we're going to talk about how to do it well how to receive it well and how to make your games better by having feedback here in the workshop then don't suck how was my how how was my feedback sound like? Was that okay? Like, that was pretty good. Okay, that was pretty good. I was I was, I was half I got the tempted, point, so it came across. Yeah, yeah, I was half tempted to actually do something to create feedback, but I was like, I think the bosses will get mad if I actually create actual <laughs> feedback on the on the mics. So I'm pretty sure your just, co-hosts would get bad, but good. Bad yeah, yeah. I just decided to just lay off, especially because I didn't even rehearse <laughs> it with you guys, right? I was just yeah. like, oh, I'll do a feedback sound anyway. Mm-hmm. Jerry, please um, bring us in. All right. So in our perpetual list of show topics and the 474 episodes we've done so far, there are things we talk about from time to time, and often we have new insight to them. So tonight's one of those nights. We're going to revisit a topic that we did years ago, all the way back in the ancient days of 2017, and put a more modern spin on it. So tonight we're going to look at giving feedback. Our first instance of this topic was covered way back in episode 243, when the topic was GM feedback. 
So tonight we're going to give a look at giving and receiving feedback, why it's important in your game, and how to give it and how to receive it. How to top it and in the, how to bottom it. Yes. And in there, exactly. Receiving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. You can't so top of course, our DMing. We have to we have to do some <laughs> definitions. So um, you know, that's that's part of the shtick. So Behold! You are in the presence of definition panda. All right, we do, we do have a few definitions for tonight. Um, we'll start with feedback, um, information about reactions to a product, a person's performance of, of a task, etc., which is the basis for improvement. Um, so obviously performance is the key here for feedback. The most important part of this definition um, is actually at the beginning and the end, information as a basis for improvement. The goal of feedback is to help the recipient improve. Criticism is our next term. The analysis and judgment of the merits and faults of a literary or artistic work, which is the definition that many people think they're doing when they're being, when they're, um, being critical of somebody's role-playing. But in actuality, what they're doing is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. Um, and criticism is different from feedback, right? Feedback, again, I just want to, and I want to just want to hammer on this because we're going to be very specific about using feedback tonight. Feedback is about improvement, right? Criticism is like looking at faults. And that's not, that doesn't build up, right? That, that often tears down. Okay, on the topic of things that build up, praise, the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. Praise is nice. It feels good to hear. It's nice to say to people. It doesn't always directly lead to improvement, but at best, it reinforces things that were praised, which makes it a bit helpful. So it gets lumped in here with feedback, praise and feedback. Uh, and that brings us to our last uh, definition, which is constructive, serving a useful purpose, tending to build up. This goes hand in hand with feedback, um, which we'll talk about in a few seconds. And we want our feedback and even our praise to be constructive. That is to have a useful purpose and to build up something or somebody. All right. Now for the big fat softball across the plate. Jerry, why is feedback important to GMs and players? Well... As Phil mentioned the definitions, the main goal of feedback is going to be for improvement. And as GMs and players, we should always be looking for ways to improve our games and our craft. The best way for this to happen is to get constructive feedback from the people we play with. So general GMing advice is great. Uh, we should know. We make a ton of it. But when it comes to improving your craft, getting feedback from all those around you is invaluable. We can tell you as much as, you, as, as we want, but knowing how people around you like it or how they react to it makes a difference. So... The feedback is what lets us know that skills are strong and which ones need improvement. Then we can seek out advice and techniques to improve these things. Without that constructive feedback, we only have ourselves to rely on, and it's not always a great way to determine what your strengths and weaknesses are. The other thing we can do is give out positive affirmations. Hearing what things we did well does a lot for giving us energy. And this goes back to the GM player energy loop. If a GM runs a session, asks for feedback, and then he, feeds, he sees that feedback as well as some positive affirmations, they're going to leave that game charged up, excited to prep and run the next game. In addition, the kind of positive affirmations mixed with feedback can also inspire people to want to work harder on their skills. If people feel like they enjoyed it and there's still some things they want to improve upon, 
being told that they're, everybody still had a good time with it can really inspire the GM to move on to uh, make the changes that they want to make. Yeah, I'll echo that because um, we've hit such a nice stride in our aux game that for the first time in a long time, I, I've become interested again in like how can I how can I like beef up my GMing? Like for a while, I've just been kind of on this plateau and not really like pushing my GM skills, like trying anything new or different. But like this, like where we are with aux and kind of everybody's reception to it has kind of given me this um, like push to be like, Oh, I, I could really like, I, I think I've got some room emotionally um, to up my game a bit, uh, which is great. I haven't honestly, I haven't been like this since before the pandemic. So that's awesome. All right. So Phil, what, ki- what are the kinds of things that we can give feedback about when we're giving yeah. it? Yeah, really any aspect of the game can be evaluated and and feedback provided. Um, Standard disclaimer here, right? This is not a complete list, nor is it in any order. Um, But here are some examples of different kinds of things during the course of a game that you could provide feedback. The first one's going to be the skills, both player skills and GM skills. Uh, Things like table management, how well spotlighting went, how uh, well voices were, were done. Um, how well people played in character and brought out the things that make their characters unique, all those kinds of things. Discuss how they worked. Uh, another one is scenes, right? You could talk about what you like about individual scenes uh, in, you know, in a session. Like, did you like the way it was framed? Did you like the pacing of the scene? That was like in our example at the opening. Um, what about the, you know, the scenes, um, you know, worked well, could have worked better kind of thing, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but you can talk about like, you know, specific scenes. You can talk about the setting, um, the details of the setting and what happens in them. And this is even more important if it's a homebrew, because as the GM tries to uh, kind of give you the feel for their, for their homebrew setting, if the players are talking about how much they enjoyed it and what they learned, it really reinforces the GM to keep going with that. Yeah. Uh, next one's mechanics. Um, this is more about the application of the mechanics rather than the specific rules, since in most cases, the designer is not at your table. Now, depending on your circle of, of friends, the designer may be at your table. But mostly when we talk about giving feedback about mechanics, it might be like, hey, I really liked how you applied that rule or, hey, that ruling you made was really sharp. Right. Like those are like those are good, like kind of mechanical um like feedback about mechanics. The next is the story and the flow and structure. And this can be really important to how well, how much fun everybody's having moving things along. Uh, it includes things like pacing and reveals and that sorts of thing. Um, letting the GM know how they did with that is really important. Uh, NPCs, right? You can talk about, um, you can talk about the NPCs, give feedback. Like, did you like a particular NPC's behavior, how they were portrayed? Um, did you like um, like maybe their mannerism, uh, anything like that? Okay. And the next is going to be the player characters. And I have to move the cat away from the mic for a second here. <laughs> no, it's great. We can hear Cy purring now. Yes, That's I know. how good the mic is. I can, I can hear. When he gets too close, he overwhelms it. So the last thing we're going to talk about is the uh, actual player characters themselves. Talk about the actions and portrayal of the player characters. Um, and this is both on the player side and the GM side, because the players obviously will get feedback from the GM on how well they portrayed it. And the GM get feedback from the players on the things that the GM did to help them realize their characters or allow them to do things. So it works both ways. All right. 
Now that we've talked about the things we can provide feedback on and the merits of doing it, talk about how we're going to go about giving that feedback, Jerry. All right. There's going to be a lot of methods and tools. Um, as always, these are in no particular order, and there may be more. But there's a number of different ways you can upgrade feedback. And we've compiled a short list of some of the more popular ones. Um, but basically, they're all going to have the same goal, to create a space in which feedback is encouraged. You want to have a method. Sometimes a structure can be helpful. And so here's a short list of some of the ones we have. Phil? Yeah, so we'll start off with unstructured. Um before we get into the structured ones. In this case, there's no time set aside for feedback and people just kind of give it anywhere, anytime, uh, during the session, after the session, between games, like whatever. Um, it's chaotic um, and it's the least likely consistent way to get feedback, right? Like it'll just happen when it happens kind of thing. Next one's gonna be the open question. This is when the GM, typically the GM, Ask the group a single question like, hey, did everybody have fun? Or how was the session? Or what did you think about X, Y, or Z? Um, this technique is going to be nice because it indicates a time for feedback, but it's still broad. And it's good for asking the question prompts that give people a chance to give an answer. Uh, the one flaw with it is it allows people to say something simple like fine or good or meh. Um, so obviously, it's better to have a question that's going to elicit more information back from the players. Yeah, yeah I, I'm fun. Guilty. Yes. Yeah, I'm well, well, very guilty go. of this one, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the next one is sandwiching. Um, this is a technique. Often it's not a prompt, but rather it's a uh, method for a person to give feedback. So it can work like prompted or not. Um, and the idea behind it, right, is to sandwich um, something, um, something good be to like sandwich it between two compliments, right? Something constructive, put it between two compliments. Um, thus, it's the feedback sandwich, right? The idea here is that first the compliment boosts the person, then comes like some um, negative feedback, and then you close it off with like another compliment, right? Another positive affirmation, right? So um, this technique works well if the person you are giving feedback to um, is not comfortable receiving feedback, um, we'll talk about this when we get towards the middle of the, before we hit the break, but there is a skill to receiving feedback. Some people are good at it. Some people struggle with it. So sandwiching is sometimes a good way to kind of um, ease somebody into um, some, like some feedback. The next one is what went well, what could have been better? Uh, what kind of things were surprises? And this is a typical set of lesson learned questions. What went well? You know, identify things that you, that you should keep doing. What could have been better? Talk about things that you think might need improvement. What surprised us? What are things that could be good or bad? They were not expected. Um, these can identify expectation gaps, might give you room for places that need to be explored. And the structure takes a little bit longer to execute. And it might not be the best for end of session, but it might be good for the end of a campaign or a story arc or something along that line. But it does give a chance for people to talk about um, everything in the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously I, I, I put this one in because um, as a project manager, I, I run lessons learned all the time. And that is um, my three questions for lessons learned. And you can actually get a lot of, um, you can get a lot of discussion out of it, but it is like Jerry said, a long, it takes, it takes somewhat longer to execute. Okay. Next one I've got is roses and thorns, right? Um, there are a few variations to this. I, I looked it up on the internet and there are several different interpretations of this. Um, but it is a structured feedback framework that looks to elicit something good 
hence the rose, and something not so good, the thorn, right, um, from each participant, right? So the idea is that when you do roses and thorns, everybody's supposed to go around and um, give a rose, like, you know, say a rose, say a thorn kind of thing. Um, it could be, so depending on your interpretation of this or how you were taught it, it could be what was your favorite thing this session and what was your least favorite thing, right? That could that could be that could feel a little harsh. Um, it could be tell me one good thing, one bad thing, and bad again might be a little judgmental. Um, there are, like I said, a number of different um, variations of this, but the goal is to um, the goal is to prevent people from just being like, oh, it's fine, it's good, yep. right? So the idea is like it, it allows you to elicit praise and give praise because again, and we talked about this at the beginning, praise is good, like it makes us feel good. But it also asks people to then um, say something that they like they didn't like, uh, and that you know is where you, you try to build out the constructive feedback from it. Um, now the other thing it does is that you typically give out one rose, one thorn. So this exercise is meant to kind of constrain feedback um, so that it uh, doesn't take too long, doesn't create like a flood of feedback, dogpiling or anything like that. Um, it allows you to kind of like go around the table, like, hey, let's do roses, like, let's do roses and thorns before we wrap up for tonight, that kind of thing. <clears throat> Next is Stars and Wishes. Uh, this was designed by Luke Quaid over at the Gauntlet, and this is a softer version of Roses and Thorns. The stars are given to any player, GM being a player, as recognition for something that was outstanding in the game. It's basically a positive affirmation. And the wish is something I'd like to see in the future session. It's not direct feedback, but it's a way to indicate where you'd like the game to go. Um, this framework is good because it gives positive feelings, provides direction without the risk of turning into a critique. And if you're looking for specific feedback for your gymming skills, um, this is nice, but may not give you what you're looking for because you might not have people telling you the things they want to see improved. Yeah, you might have to kind of infer it from the wishes. Like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish like our next combat would go faster, right? Might mm -hmm. be a hint that like, you know, combats are taking too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's um, it, it's it's a, like it's a bit of a softer thing. But yeah, like struggle. Like it doesn't like it doesn't hone in on specific things. All right. Now, different tools work with different groups. Um, none of the none of the things that we mentioned above are better or worse than others. They will be better or worse for your group. Um, you should work out with your group what structure you want to use, um, and figure out when you want to use it. Um, I know, Jerry, you're going to talk about a little about this as well, bef like before we hit the break, but the most common places for feedback are usually right at the end of the session before you kind of break down the game space um, or between games, right? Those are usually the most typical places, but I've seen some variations. Like I was looking at some um, people talking about um, uh, when I was reading the gauntlet page about stars and wishes, and sometimes they like put... Um, like wishes at the beginning of the session and stars at the end. And, um, you know, especially if you're doing kind of an um, uh, ad hoc or improv kind of game, putting the wishes, you know, at the start of the session kind of gives the GM some material um, to, to work towards and then stars just kind of closing out the session with what everybody like, you know, really enjoyed. So you're going to need to figure that out for your group. Like where does it fit with your group how much feedback are you looking for? Um, are you are you budgeting in time? Like if you know that your game ends, like if you know your hard stop is at 1015, 
are you, you know, do you, when do you need to stop in order to do a round of roses and thorns or stars and wishes, whatever. So you, 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 as a group need to kind of figure that out. Um, and it can change from GM to GM. Like some GMs might be like, I don't really need that much feedback. I'm cool. Other GMs might be like, Hey, I'm really trying to like improve or whatever. So let's like, I'd like to do, you know, I'd like to do um, roses and thorns, that kind of thing. And some groups may be like roses and thorns are too harsh. We'd like, we'd like to do stars and wishes. Cool. Two each their own. None of these structures are better than others. Uh, it's going to be about what you want to get back when you want to receive it and how well your group responds to it. Um, you may have players that just aren't good at giving negative feedback, not that they're harsh about it. They just don't feel comfortable giving negative feedback. Absolutely. And so sometimes being able to put things into a roses and thorns or a stars and wishes or something else where they can express what they want to see without actually having to be critical will work. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Earlier, Phil, you talked about the line between feedback and criticism. Can we elaborate more on some tips for giving good feedback? Yeah. When we give feedback, our intent is to help that person improve, right? That's that I think is the biggest takeaway is that feedback is to help somebody improve. So we need to give feedback that identifies something that can be worked on and in a way that's not hurt, that's not mean or hurtful. Because if it winds up even accidentally being mean or hurtful, it will, um, it can make somebody reticent to like to incorporate, like to either hear the feedback or incorporate it or want to, um, you know, want to work on it, like want to improve. So we're going to share some uh, tips that we have, just general tips about um, how to give uh, good feedback. So first thing is be candid. Um, when we say candid, we mean be truthful and straightforward. Because when we give feedback, we need to be truthful. We need to be straightforward. Truthful is in telling somebody that their set piece encounter didn't work, even though they're going to be sad to find it out. And straightforward is rather than being indirect or obtuse. Say something like, you know, that encounter just didn't work for me. Something about that just didn't feel right, or that was difficult, or something on that line. So if they know something was wrong there, you can open it up for discussion. Saying, yeah. and, and, and again, don't say something like, oh, that encounter sucked. You know, be something better, like, you know, it didn't work for me, or something didn't, didn't go along that way. Yeah. Um, kind of tacking on to that, right? The next uh, tip is uh, state symptoms, not solutions, right? So when you give feedback, State what you saw, felt, or experienced. Don't jump in with what the person needs to do, right? So like, for instance, don't say like, uh, you know, Jerry, the problem is like, you don't run combat fast enough, right? Like, here's what you should be doing, Jerry. You should, you know, you should have like three decks, uh, you know, queued up for cards, whatever, whatever. Um, rather just say, hey, Jerry, like when we were playing that combat, like I felt like I felt like the combat was like taking longer to get around the table than like than I thought it would. Right. Like I just like when I was sitting there, I just I felt like I had a lot of free time kind of thing. Right. There's a couple of reasons um, for this. Jerry's going to explain one of them in a second. But what I'll say is that um, you're you don't you don't always know what's going to work for that person. Right. Um when Jerry hears like, Hey, I need, you know, you need to have three decks out to speed up this combat. 
like Jerry might be like, listen, like, you know, in his head, like five years ago, I did three decks, totally didn't work, whatever, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. But when I say to Jerry, uh, combat felt slow, right? Then in Jerry's mind, Jerry's going to like start thinking about, oh, what can I do to speed up combat? Or, oh, you know, Phil was right. I felt it too. And now that Phil said it, like he's right. All right. I, you know, I need to think about what to do to speed up combat or, you know, Hey, Phil, you know, I, you're absolutely right. What, um, you know, was there any particular part of combat that you thought was slow or whatever? And it can open up, like it opens up a, um, it opens up a discussion. Now I will tell you, I got this tip of advice, um, from my days working in software, um, where users would come in and try to tell programmers like how to fix the code, <laughs> right. Rather than just yeah. saying like the drop down didn't work. They would be like, you know, you need to write this, blah, 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 you know, like, and the developers would like roll their eyes. Like they couldn't even hear them after the first few seconds. So the idea here is um, just state symptoms. If the GM wants help or, and I'm saying GM, but if it's a player or whatever, if that person wants help, then they'll engage you in the dialogue. But sometimes somebody just has to like go and be like, cool, let me give that some thought. Combat's too slow. All right, cool. I, like, let me work on that over, like, you know, before the next session. Well, we were told back we did some of the um, uh, playtesting other people's RPGs or board games was that you, we were told, you know, you never give them the solution. Just tell them what you liked and didn't like as feedback. Um, unless they ask you for suggestions, don't take, don't take that control away from them. Give them a chance to kind of figure out what works for them and then come back to you with things. So, 100%. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, so with that in mind, the next thing you want to do is make sure to frame things in your experience. Um, sometimes generalities are going to wind up being more critiqued than feedback. Um, and sometimes they just be received poorly. So don't say things like, nobody liked this encounter. Say something like, I didn't enjoy this about the encounter. Um, and first of all, it's going to be more truthful. And second, makes the comment point at you, not the recipient. No one liked this encounter is attacking the GM. I didn't enjoy this encounter is saying something about this encounter didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and gives, a, gives an opening for the GM to ask questions like, um, you know, what didn't work for you? Or, you know, um, or something might, might be like, I noticed you didn't seem to be enjoying that. Um, you know, can you tell me about what happened there? It gives, it opens it up for a conversation as opposed to a, you know, pointing attack. Yeah. And I think there's a running theme here that I want to, um, I want to add one that we didn't have. Here's a bullet, which um, mm -hmm. I think, I think Senda brought up in the chat room. Hmm. Um, and then I want to talk about the general theme of this. So we're trying not to be mean here, right? Like we're trying not to um, like, don't be mean in your feedback, like words like that sucked. It was terrible. That scene was awful. Like that kind of thing. Those words hurt. Yep. Right. And look, I've been doing this for 40 years. I am a like, I'm a pretty seasoned GM. If you tell me one of my scenes was terrible, it's still going to hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, I will definitely feel bad. Like, and, and the thing is, that's not what makes people want to be better, right? Like, if you tell me my shit is terrible, like, my interest in running this game drops, you know, like, you know, begins to lower. If you tell me that something didn't work for you, right? Or, you know, if you thought you thought like it was a little too much this or a little not enough that, that's different. Then I'm like, oh, I need to tune. Like I need to like, I need to, you know, change it up or, you know, move some things around. That's different. 
so so in the immortal words of patrick swayze and i'll cut it well i can't use patrick swayze because there's a sentence is um wrong but be nice yeah just but you have to just period be nice <laughs> <laughs> my roadhouse fans will know be nice yeah. um actually, lastly actually, actually you could you could end it there because <laughs> the follow-up is only like four sentences later it's be nice right what if they, what if they do this be nice be nice what if, what if they say this be nice that's right yep um lastly the last one is no dog piles right um if someone provides feedback that you also agree with don't jump in and be like yeah yeah me too me too right like mm -hmm. um if it is true like wait your turn and like politely you know add it you know add that to the discussion but sometimes feedback's hard to take and if you're already like kind of you know um kind of like feeling bad because like oh that set piece encounter didn't work and like four other people are like no it totally didn't work man like like that also just like you will not feel better um you will just not feel better about it so avoid the dog pile don't get overly excited if you need to also like confirm something you can just confirm it in a calm manner like yeah i also struggled with some of the um set piece encounter too but since that's already been mentioned um, you know, I'll mention something else or, or honestly, the only problem I had tonight was the set piece encounter. I thought everything else actually really went well. Like you can, like, you can feel that difference, right? Like you can just, you can feel that difference. Um, the goal here, um, is to deliver feedback without making the person defensive, right? When people get defensive, they stop listening. They put up walls or they start to fight back. Once that happens, that feedback is dead. Like it won't be used. Um, depending on the person, people get reticent, petulant. Um, uh, you know, they will wall up, clam up. Like it just, like it will, it does not do, it will not do what you think it will do. Um, I am um, at work, not with you guys. I am at work. I have to catch myself from being petulant when. Um, somebody like messes with one of my projects or comes in and tries to like over manage one of my projects. Like I get super, um, I get super defensive about it. And sometimes I have to just tell myself to like calm down and back off. Um, but my first instinct is to um, snap back at people or tell them why they're stupid. Like <laughs> it's not good. Right. Um, and that's a reflex because when you, when you feel attacked, you go on the defensive. So the whole purpose here is is to is to give feedback without raising anyone's shields. Yep. Which brings us to the final point before the break. Jerry, what are some tips on being able to take feedback? All right. First of all, receiving feedback is a skill. Like all <clears throat> skills, you have to practice it and focus on it. Not everyone has it at first, but it can be learned. And while people are giving you feedback, you should work to make it easy to take. But you also have to prepare yourself for feedbacks so that you can be open and receptive to the feedback. So here are a few tips, again, in no particular order. Bill? Yeah, recognize when you're getting defensive. Yeah. Right? It is a natural reaction to get defensive when you hear feedback, um, especially the more insecure you are about something, the more uh, defense, the quicker you will become defensive about it, right? Like if I'm super confident in my jamming skills and I start receiving feedback, I'm like, okay, cool. There's some things I need to improve upon here. Let me listen to what, let me listen to what Bob and Jerry have to say. But if I am super, uh, if I'm not feeling secure about it, right? If I'm insecure about it, when they start giving me feedback, 
I'm like, well, you, you guys don't know, like it's hard back here behind the screen. Like I was, you know, doing like six things, like you immediately become defensive. Um, so you need to learn to recognize when you're becoming defensive and then learn to uh, relax and um, listen, like just kind of breathe through it, just take it in kind of thing. And we'll get Jerry's got the next piece of this that goes right hand in hand with that. That is, you don't have to defend any feedback. You don't have to defend every little bit of, bit of feedback. You can just take feedback in without having to comment on it. This is going to help you not being defensive. And you should also thank everybody for their feedback and then take it home with you. You don't have to stand there and say, yeah, but you guys don't just take it. I hear what you're saying. Let me write, it, write that down and think about that. That sort of thing. Or even, you know, thanks for that. I, I didn't realize that's what was going on and it'll help me out with, it'll help me out make the next encounter better. Um, be positive about it. Yeah. There's a psychological loop there mm-hmm. where um, when somebody says something, we think that we have to address it right away. Like we have to solve the problem right away. Yep. Um, you get like decouple that, <laughs> like decouple that feeling like, okay, thank like, just like Jerry said, like, like get that feedback, thank everybody, like put it on a piece of paper, take it home with you. Cool. Um, which actually dovetails into the next one, which is reflect on feedback when you are more calm, right? If you have gotten defensive, if you were feeling insecure, that's not the time to work on those feedback items or reflect on them, right? You are on the edge or already defensive. That's not the best time. You're not, you're not going to hear or read everything well. So wait till you are more calm, give it a day or two after the session, right? Let like, you know, the, let the GM adrenaline wash out. Like I know after I've run a super exciting session or a tense session, like my adrenaline's jacked. Like that's the worst time for me to work, work on feedback. Like it's way better a day or two later when I'm just back at work and calming down. So pick those times, like recognize when you are um, more calm than less calm. As you get to be more experienced with feedback, you will be calm in the moment, but you may not always be. So just know when you're not, and then, you know, seek that calm. Not all feedback is going to be actionable. Just because somebody gives you feedback doesn't mean you have to incorporate it. Sometimes nothing's wrong. It was just someone didn't like something you did. And this is going to be tricky because you want to make sure you're not being defensive, but you have to think about it and say, you know, is this something that actually needs to be changed or something that just didn't work in this one situation? Sometimes, the only actionable feedback is just be aware of it in the future. So if you start to see it happening again, you can talk to the party about it at that point and make sure it goes forward. Nothing you actually have to actually do except be aware of it. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even um, like, honestly, sometimes you get feedback from somebody and you're just like, no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. politely. No. Mm-hmm. Um, like somebody might tell you like, you know, your game is too much X. Um but that was your plan, right? Like your plan was to make it like that much X. It's just their preferences. They don't like that, right? This is what I sometimes refer to as you think um, your bug is, you know, was actually a feature, right? Like it's, it's that kind of thing where um, somebody has a valid piece of feedback, but it's actually not a thing that you wanted to change. Um, and again, when, you know, just because, you know, if you're defensive, then you just say that to all the, feedback because you're just like no i'm not changing anything but honestly sometimes you will get feedback i know when like we did play testing there were times where people would say something about um you know about a you know a feature in the game 
and they would be like, oh, I, I didn't like that. And I was like, yeah, that's actually the design intent. Like it was a hundred percent, like what we were actually going for. It's okay that they didn't like it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to go change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take us out here. All right. Um, I'm going to add one more thing in here. And that's that I think it's important to give positive feedback during breaks and especially after emotional or tense encounters, let the GM know that you're having fun and what worked, you know, wow, that was really tough, but I thought we were going to all die. But that set piece with the minion seeking minor action to change the terrain. That was really cool. Or wow, we really screwed up on that negotiation. But the crowd more is fun to talk to. They're crafted than expected. I can't wait to match with her again. It's always good to give the GM some support because I've played with GMs who at the end of an encounter, you can tell that they thought they muffed it up. You can tell that they're defeated. Things were tense. Things were emotional. Uh, characters were, players were deep into the character session to the point where they were acting angry. And the GM might have a feeling like, oh, that didn't go well. Everybody feels upset. When in actuality, everybody had a good time. They just didn't convey that to the GM at the time because they were playing really well. And so, especially after a tense encounter or just when something worked really well, just say, you know, oh, that was, you know, that was really cool. I liked that. It could be something simple, <laughs> something as simple as, you know, um, you know, I, we come out of an encounter, even if it went well, tell the GM that, you know, we come out of this encounter, everybody's having a good time, you know, um, Bob gets up to go to the Bobnasium and you turn to the GM and tell him, you know, you tell him, you know, hey, that was really cool. I really liked that character, you know, um, or I like that description of X, Y, or Z. Um, or that was a really creative challenge for us. I didn't think it was going to go that way. All those things. Anything you can do to reinforce the GM because they can often take the player side of emotion or the character side of emotion and think that it's the way the players are feeling. Um, and it never hurts. It never hurts. Never, ever hurts to give the GM a head pat. Yeah. Phil? Uh, conversely, yeah. the, the, the flip side of what you said is save your constructive feedback for the end. Yep. Um, because if your GM is struggling or thought that that encounter was kind of rough and you take a break and then you tell them it wasn't good, like they still have more game to run. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, and if you've gotten it. into their head, <laughs> right? Like before they start running the next chunk of game, you may do more damage than good. So I agree with Jerry, give that positive feedback during breaks um, because it, it, you know, boosts, it bolsters, it makes every, you know, yeah. it makes it feel good. Um, save your constructive feedback for the end of the session. Um, now, and, and, and watch your GM. If it looks like the GM is having one of those, like you can tell they're getting frustrated. You know, um, Phil has this certain eyebrow furrow that he gets when I could see he's getting slightly concentrated by something in the game. Um, you know, just say something, you know. It's my hey, deep thinky moments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but it's okay. It's okay to tell the GM, you know, even when you take a break, like, you know, oh, I screwed that roll, but I love, you know, I just rolled five ones. It's a critical fumble. Once again, things go badly. But you know what? I really like the thing you put onto that. Let's keep going, you know. Um, we'll talk about that in the after show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, it's all good. It, it, it's, it is all good feedback, Jerry. Okay, um, so let's wrap it up. Yeah, uh, that's our, so that's our, be, that's our beginning of our look at feedback. We're going to take a break, check in with the chat room. But Bob, first, tell us about another show on the Mr. Mark Network. Yeah, so we've got a quaint little show called Mastering Dungeons. RPG veterans and game designers Teos Abadia nailed it. And Sean Merwin, look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints. Reporting the news, 
understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. All right. I just want to say I loved I loved their their recent run where they went through and talked about some of the old classic D and D modules. Um, their input was really kind of interesting and clever, and I had a good time listening to it. I was driving around two weeks ago. Oh, did they do S so, three? Because I'll have to go listen. I think so. They, oh. they talked. They talked about a, a bunch of them. feedback on those. The 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 idea was why should you go back to old modules and what can you plumb from them? And they talked about a bunch of them, and and each week they talked about one or two of them. It was really kind of a, a cool little segue. Um, it's funny because I've um, I've been annoyed that um, when Goodman Games has you know redone those modules into those big mm-hmm. giant five E tomes, they yeah. they're not allowed to or don't do a, um, a DCC version of it. But they actually have a module that's like S three. Like we played <laughs> through that one. They um, remember the one with the time traveler ship. Yep, stuck yeah. in the ice. Yeah, like they they did their own version of S three, and it was it was glorious. Like mm-hmm. it was. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the furrow brow thing. That is definitely when I have to put a second hamster on the wheel. Yep. Like Chris got it um, at the beginning of the session. Cause he's like, why don't we just jump through the topic? Like, is that going to screw <laughs> up your game? And I'm like, yeah, totally is going to, I just don't have a good explanation for why. Yep. Like you guys said you wanted to do this. Now you're saying you don't like, I don't actually have like, you know, and, and we worked through it, right? We threw another hamster yeah. on the wheel and we all brained through it and was like, cool, I'm going to break the warp gate. Now you guys can't go back um, <laughs> kind of thing. And, um, and it's fine, right? Like, but it is one of those things where um, I wasn't going to lie and be like, oh no, you have to do this. I was like, yeah, no, nah, man. Like, I don't have a reason why you shouldn't like, you guys told me you wanted to do this. I don't know. Like, I got stuff in another, you know, I got stuff coming up in the next scene. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you know what? We then sat down and, and as players figured out why and went yeah. from there. I mean, part of the fun I'm of the always part of that. Like I do yeah. not have to be the solution for like every yep. plot point. I was like, this game is very much a like throw it out at the table thing. And it took me a few seconds to finally get up to um, breaking the, um, you know, breaking the warp gate. And I think, a couple, you know, a couple of you had made some suggestions and I was like, Whoa, I got it. Like, yeah. I'm going to go break the warp. I'm actually not only going to break the warp gate, but I'm going to break it in the kind of same way that Bob needs the same material for the pet project he's working on. Like, <laughs> cause I'm also like this, I, this game is um, I'm very okay that this game has some cliche things, right? Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just like, it's just fine. Like it's this, this ox is a TV show. Right. Like, so when it has cliche and tropey things, I'm just like, whatever, (laughs) like, it's fine. I meant like, yes, that's what I was planning to do. Like, did Chris's problem and the problem with the photonic people happen to have the same solution? Hell yeah, it did. Like, it didn't have to, right. It didn't actually have to have the same solution, but do those two solutions line up? Hell yeah, they did like on purpose. Um, Cause it's a TV show. That's what happens in a TV show. So yeah. Um. Anyway, um. But it was funny because Jerry's right. That I do get that. Um. I do get that furrowed brow when I yeah. like have to like like. I'm like, oh, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you? You know, like. And more of it was like not so much if I'm gonna break it. I, like at the time when Chris said it, I was like, okay. So let's say we do that and we start jumping systems. I'm like, what is this episode tonight? So I'm. Yeah. I was literally trying to construct the next story, right? Like 
And uh, then Chris was like, no, no, we, we can find a reason to stay here. And I was like, yep. oh, reel it back in, reel it back in. Yep. You know, I don't have to start figuring out, you know, what what happens next kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that totally happened during the game. Yeah. Yeah. I like your response of throw another hamster on the wheel. I like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the wheel's already going, right? There's one hamster running yeah. it, but like needs to go faster, right? Check yeah, another hamster go faster. in there. Huck another mm-hmm. one in there. Yeah. You there, mm-hmm. run. <laughs> get going guys get going we need to, i need some more work all right well our uh chat room is once again engrossed by the topic so let's jump into uh part two and jump into our round table starting with question number one phil yeah what kind of feedback do you like to get in a session all right um first thing i want to find out most importantly did everybody have fun I want to know if there was something missing or if something didn't work, if something was confusing. Um, I want to know if people had fun. So at the end of it, if they did, that's fine. I'd like to hear that. You know, that was a lot of fun. I liked that. That was cool. I liked that encounter. Um, If something didn't work, I want to know about it. Um, I don't need to be slammed over the head with it, but I need to know like, you know, hey, you know, this is like the third week in a row that initiative just didn't seem to to, to work for me. and those of you who followed some of my my threads on Facebook and Slack know that initiative in um, Savage Worlds was something that became an issue week after week, and we came up with some solutions for it. Um, and it's good to hear that because I could tell something wasn't working in combat, and people were able to identify it. Um, it's good to know that. Um, it's also good to know, though, if somebody says, hey, I really liked that. We should do more of that. You know, um, Just let me know. Are you having fun? And if you're not, you know where it was that it started to fall apart. Um, it doesn't mean you didn't have any fun at all, but if there were things that you weren't enjoying, let me know. Part of my job is to work with everybody there to make sure that everybody's having a good time. Because if you're not having a good time, why are we doing this? You know, mm-hmm. Bob? Yeah, I, um, I've i never sat and actually analyzed this. Um, the, the, these I love these episodes in a way because they, they make me have to stop and think and, and critically analyze my own shit <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that I never actually stopped and thought about. And so from a GM perspective, it's been so long since I actually ran a game. Um, there, there, there's, there's so much time there. But my persona, I am not good with receiving uh, feedback. Um, in 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 an RPG sense, in a in a like a normal social setting, if somebody pays me a compliment, like I don't know what to do with it. And sometimes I'll make a comment that 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 sounds shitty when somebody just gave me a compliment. I say like, like I dismiss it as like, no, nah, you're full of shit. I, you know, like somebody says I look good today or something. Like ah, I look like hell. You know, like whatever. Like that's the kind of thing I do. I'm not good with taking in that kind of stuff. So when it comes to this kind of topic. Um, I would prefer to get the praise and not get any of the, of the criticism because the criticism I'm going to have even more trouble figuring out how to process. <laughs> but if you give me the praise, there's more of a chance that that's going to help boost me, especially as a GM. If you are like, Oh, I really like the way you handled that. I'm insecure as a GM, or at least I used to be when I, when I was running, who knows when I next hit the table, if I'll still be as insecure uh, maybe the first time, but um, but I was never like super confident running games. So getting that that kind of praise of like, oh, I loved how you did that, or that went really well, or whatever, that would definitely uh, be the thing that I would most like to hear because it's going to help boost me. 
um, and, and, and give me that, that little extra. Um, but I, I'm not good with that stuff. Taking, taking criticism and feedback is, uh, is not one of my strong suits. So but let me ask when, you, when, uh, when it comes um, to personal stuff, I'd rather have the criticism than the praise. I don't deal with positive reinforcement either. So, <laughs> so let me ask you as a player, mm-hmm. what kind of feedback would you like? Yeah. As a player, um, I definitely, um, it's, it's very similar. I would, I would, I, I would enjoy hearing that I did something interesting or that somebody enjoyed the way I did something, uh, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm probably now the way I play and the games that we play, I would probably be way more open as a player to some constructive criticism, um, of, of my performance or, or my portrayal of a character or, or how I handled something, um, than I would as a GM. Um, because the, the, I've done so much playing that it's just like, and the groups that I've played with the, the play styles and the interactions between other characters and myself, um, we've had some amazing games with some amazing sessions, like, frankly like i feel like almost way more than i deserved over the last like 10 years you know or five six years like so many really good ones um so yeah i would uh again like i would prefer uh or i would definitely enjoy the 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 positive uh affirmations and stuff but if, if there's something that i'm doing in character that that could be better i'm definitely more open to to that as a as a player than i would be having criticism as a gm yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's fair to say that your confidence as a player is way higher than your confidence as a GM. I mean, oh, yeah. you've been a player. I mean, you've been a player like in multiple, multiple games for a long time. Like you are a yeah. solid, like you are a solid player, right? Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I can bring and I think you know, table, yeah, yeah. If you were going to get back behind the screen, yeah, I think, I think you know, and and again, this is, I mean, this is great. We should talk about this for a second. If you're going to get back behind the screen, yeah, I think that. Um, we would need to talk about how to provide feedback because like, so after the Ox games, I hang out with Chris on Monday nights on, on zoom and he and I will talk about the um, episode and he's not like, you know, uh, you know, we, I, we, you know, I've worked with Chris forever. He's not afraid to tell me what worked and didn't work. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> it, it, in the scene. <laughs> yeah. And I don't take it defensively. Right. Like I look at it and be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, you know, like I'll give you, so let me, I'll, I'll give you an example of that later, but so to come around on that, I actually do think it would be really important, um, especially for new GMs or especially if you're returning to GMing from like a, from a long break is to um, set the expectation yeah. about, you know, how much feedback, what kind of feedback, like um, maybe stars and wishes is a good start, right? Like maybe, mm-hmm. You don't need any like deeply constructive feedback for your first couple of games until you get your, you know, GMing legs back. Maybe what you just need is some stars and wishes so that you can kind of hear where people want the game to go and you can work in that direction. And again, that's why I, I purposely made sure we put stars and wishes on there in contrast to roses and thorns, because roses and thorns might not make you feel very good where like (laughs) where stars and wishes, you might be like, okay, cool. Like, they would like, you know, some shorter combats next, you know, um, next, next session or whatever. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. And yeah, and I think, it, I think it, it's really interesting in your part because yeah, as a player, I think I could give you much more direct um, feedback. Whereas a GM, I think I would be much more careful about 
um, how I would give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Um, I will say, um, I will say that I think I'm actually pretty like, I don't think I'm bad at, at, at setting up feedback, but I'm lazy in that. I just do it with the opening question. Um, oh, we're going to talk about that in a second. I'll skip that for now. What I am much like Jerry, my first, um, my first concern is, did everyone have a good time? Um, my purpose of being a GM, which is um, lines up with my philosophy about being a project manager and lines up with my philosophy about leadership, which is servant leadership is I am here to facilitate a good time for everybody at the table. So the first thing I want to know at the end of the session is, did that happen? Like, did we all have a good time? Yep. Um, because that for me, I don't care if I got rules wrong. I don't care if we had to look things up in books. I, I don't care if we made up rules when we didn't know them. I don't care if something was, you know, structurally cliche or, you know, whatever, as long as we all had fun doing it. Yep. Um, so that's like my, like, that is the that is the first and foremost thing. And like I said at the beginning of the show, like I haven't in a while been really interested in pushing my jamming skills in a while. So like I'm now starting to like feel, I don't know, solid enough, whole enough to start critiquing those things. Like, is this story actually good? Um, what is our table environment? Like, how are my like certain individual GMing skills going? Kind of thing. How am I, how well am I doing running this system? That kind of thing. Yep. So I'm like only getting back to the part. Like I think during the pandemic, I do not think I could have been like, I'm on a quest to boost my GMing. Like I was like, I'm just going to yeah. hold on to this fucking game and keep it running <laughs> no matter what. Like, and our just other, I mean, that was our, on the that was, that was our uh, forbidden lands group. Our other group was floundering through games one after the other. Um, that was not a place of, um, that's not a place for GM growth. I feel like I'm yeah. almost at a place for GM growth again. Cool. I'm, I'm done. Take it. Take us to the next question, Jer. All right. What feedback technique do you like to use in your games, Bob? That is a damn fine question. <laughs> how about how about this? What what technique would you like to use? There you go. I would say um, uh, I I would probably want to try out um, uh, stars and wishes because that sounds like a okay. uh, a a nice um, a nice mellow on ramp to growth in the in the feedback arena. Start out there, and then if you want to develop past that into something else, that's my thought. Yeah, because I think that's great. <clears throat> uh, oh, me. That's right. Yeah. Um, I always go after Bob. Yes. Um, so right now, like I said, I'm using the opening, like the open question, right? Like I'm just throwing that out. But it isn't structured, and we don't, we don't currently allocate time uh, for any kind of feedback in a game. Like we're not... Um, we're not doing those things. And I I'm very much open to like stars and wishes. Like I would be very open. Like, I, and I'm talking about our ox game. We can talk about the Knights black agents game separate, but I'm very much like for the ox game, I would be very much um, down with at 10 o'clock. We stop playing and, and we do a round of stars and wishes, you know, for, you know, to wrap up the evening kind of thing while I'm like, you know, taking pictures of the cards and, um, and things like that. Like I would very much be down for that. So we should talk about that. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I'm with you, right? Like I'm in a place right now where I think what I would, what I would really want is stars and wishes for the game. And 
I'll ask or open a like an open question if anybody wants to give me like direct feedback. Yeah. Like that doesn't I like that like I would like like I said like I hang out with Chris online we chat about a whole bunch of stuff but we inevitably talk about the Ox game because it's always the next day. Um and he gives me a whole line of feedback. Um which I've appreciated. Like the one that he just gave me was we were talking about um distinctions and when should I put them on the table and when should I work them into the um, you know, into the, you know, into the narrative and stuff like that. Um, and I, you know, realized like I was having the same problem I have in fate is I just don't realize when I should just put a distinction on the table and say, like, this distinction is out on the table. Um, it's, you know, it's true. Like, for instance, the terraformer was D8 unstable. Yep. Right. But I didn't say that to you guys. I used the D8 when I made my die pool, but I should have just put it on a card and stuck it on the table. And I didn't. And I was kind of excited about the, um, I got overexcited about the Nova message because I wanted to give you that, that story tidbit yeah. and, and did not do a, did not do a good job on kind of describing what shape the terraformer was in. So I had like this whole talk with Chris about it. Um, and, you know, afterwards, like I have been thinking about like, yeah, this is what I need to do. Like I need to, like, I think I need to put more, like, I think I need to put scene distinctions out on the table unless the goal of the scene is for you to uncover a distinction. Yeah. Because if you as players know they're there, then even if I'm not saying anything, but you know, the terraform, like the terraformer is D eight unstable. You will work that into your, your mental images of it as well. And the terraformer, by the way, was our, uh, the, the big piece of technology they explored in our last game. Anyway, anyway, um, Cool. So my takeaway right now is we should talk about stars and wishes um, for the Ox game. But Jerry, what what feedback techniques do you like? Straightforward. Just tell me what you liked and didn't, and uh, tell me what didn't work. Um, I I get used to people telling me all the time, and the people I game with most of the time are I don't game with them because they're assholes. Right. So I trust them to to tell me what worked and didn't work. And if I'm at a, like a convention or a one shot, I still want to know that, like what worked and what didn't work. Let me improve this as we go. Um, just be straightforward. Um, if I'm a player, um, I like to be straightforward, but I always like to, well, well, we'll talk about that in the next one. I'll say as a GM, I want to, I want to have people be straightforward and give me um, what worked and what didn't work. And uh, if they want to include things like stars and wishes and roses and thorns, that's also great. Um, I want all of this, but basically from the get-go, tell me what you liked and didn't like. Um, and that comes mostly from my time um, as an English major and as a journalism major, where one of the things you did in every single class was you talked about what worked and didn't work in the papers you were critiquing. Um, and we were told it's, it's important to tell people what you liked and why, as, as much as it is to tell them what you didn't like and why. Because we can always find people, and I said this two weeks ago, we can always find people who tell you, I love this or I hate this. It's more important to have them tell you why. So, so two things on that that I'll, I'll just add into the segment. First of all, I, I forgot to put this somewhere else in the, um, I didn't know where to put this into the description, but um, some occupations, some trainings, things like that make you more receptive to feedback. Mm -hmm. So like you, Jerry, you were a journalism major, right? Like, so writing critique is a, like, is, like, is a way of life. Um, when I was in grad school as a, um, as a um, biologist, there is this thing uh, called journal club 
where you go and um, you find a journal article that you like, you read up on it, you present it to the rest of the class. And then for like the next 20 minutes, they uh, ask you questions and attempt to punch holes in it of which you have to defend. Um, and so you get very good at like um, learning to take feedback or answer questions. Like you, you like the first time you do it, you think you're going to die. Um, and then like you survive and you get better at it. And so you start learning to take critique. And then like as a designer and a writer, um, the first time you get edits, <laughs> Like they should just pass you a drink, but you learn the merits of it. Like when I saw my first, when I saw never unprepared after it was fully edited, I was like, I will take all critique forever and any time. Like the sum of this book is way greater than the words I initially wrote for this book. Um, but, but it does, it's a training. And so like, when we talked about that before, like some occupations make you very good at taking feedback. Um, and so if, if you have that experience, it's great. Um, and Jerry, you're on the front lines too. You're like, you've done sales. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like you've been yeah. in a lot of places. I mean, you own a company, like you've been in a lot of places where you have to take some, like some good and harsh feedback from time to time. And sales is all about feedback. Sales is all yeah. day long. People telling you why they don't want what you have. Right. And then being a manager is all about taking feedback from both directions and interpreting it. Yeah. And then being the boss means that, at the end of the day, everything is your fault. So yeah, and, and, and it is. I mean, I'm not yep. being I'm not being flippant. No, no, I'm with um, you. Just 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 today, one of my one of my employees said something about um, I had asked for somebody in the office was looking for a piece of paperwork, and with the internet down, I was answering questions. They're like, oh, you know, well, um, I was looking for this. I thought that this was done last week, and I'm like, you know what? That's on me. I started working on it, and because other things got up there, it got put aside, and we never got back to it. Um, that's on me, and I'll I'll, I'll get it taken care of. Is there anything you need right now? <laughs> You know, you just, you, you, you don't dodge the responsibility. You say, yep, that is a hundred percent me and take it from there. Yeah. And one of the things you find out is that when you're positively receptive to feedback, people will tend to be positive in the same way. Like, oh yeah, don't, you know, as long as it gets done, I'm happy. That kind of thing. Um, that's the other half of it is if you're positive, if you, you know, you're good about that. So I subscribe to the bear Bryant, um, the bear Bryant school of management, which is, um, uh, if it didn't go, if it didn't go well, uh, it was a group effort. Um, if it went really well, they like, they did it. Oh, I forget. I got to find this quote. It's my, um, <laughs> God, I used to know this. Uh, I, the way, the way it was put to me was when you're, when you're working with the team in charge of the team, when everything goes well, then it's everybody's responsibility to take that praise. When things go badly, you shoulder the blame and then figure out how to fix it. That's really yeah, what it like comes I will. Yeah. If it goes if it goes badly, it's always my fault. That's what it is. Yeah. It, yeah. If it goes yeah. poorly, it's my fault. If it went okay, um, it's a team effort. And if it went really well, they did it. Yep. yep. That's my um, that like, and I do that too, right? So, like, you know, if I'm in as a project manager, if I'm in a meeting and management is is upset about the project, that's my fault. I'm running the project. I made the calls. Yep. Um, you know, it's on me, and I'll just you know, and I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever flack comes from that, but I'm the first one. If the project went really well, I'll just tell you who did the good job. Yeah. Like I will take, I will take zero credit for that. I will be like, my tech team is amazing. You know, these guys crushed it kind of thing. Actually, I know where I learned that particular skill was grocery store manager. Sure. When I had to, when I was customer service manager and then I was made a uh, night shift manager, that was where I learned that was that um, nobody else, like none of the customers cared whose fault it actually was when it went badly. 
They just wanted somebody to take responsibility for it. And if you took responsibility for it, then you could figure out how to fix problems. Whereas you yeah. sit around just trying to point fingers, it did not work. Never works. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 100%. Nope. All right. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, let's move on to question three before we yeah. drift too far. Yeah. All right. So when you, what do you do when giving feedback and what do you do to help yourself receive feedback? Sure. Um, so the first one is, um, and, and we talked about this earlier, uh, I, it, I will always direct it at myself, right? Like I give feedback by saying what I am feeling. I do not make, I do not make assumptions, judgments. I do not, you know, surmise what you were trying to do. I will tell you, it appeared to me, I felt this, um, you know, when I was sitting there, this is what I was thinking, that kind of thing. Um, always to, um, to like manage people's defensiveness, right? So always turn that um, into like the, what I'm feeling. Um, when I'm receiving feedback, um, it is, um, I guess the best way to put it is like, it's being humble, right? Like I, I don't assume just because I've GM'd for 40 years, like wrote a shit ton of books, I don't know, put out like a thousand hours worth of GMing advice that I don't fuck things up, right? Like, sure I do. Like sometimes I have great games. Sometimes I have mediocre games. Sometimes I've, you know, like whatever. Um, so like the first thing I do is just like, yeah, take that feedback because, um, I'm not great. <laughs> like, I, I mean, am I a, you know, am I a competent GM? Yeah. I'm a competent GM, pretty comfortable, can run in a number of situations. Am I like the greatest GM that ever walked? No. Like, I, I mean, listen, most of my advice is from shit I fucked up. Like, <laughs> so, yep, yep. you know, humble man. Like I, like my job behind the screen is to serve. I'm not a superstar behind the screen. I am not like out to run a game to be the rock star GM or whatever. I'm here to serve. Like I'm here to give you the thing that we discussed when we set up our session zero and expectations for the game. And my job is like, I'm hoping you're having a good time. So I, I try to just be very humble about it um, and recognize that like, no matter how much I've played, I can always be a better GM. And I, I'm going to not talk about it right now because I'm gonna, it's going to be an upcoming Gnome Stew article. But I, I tried something new for the first time in forever. I tried something new at our Ox game that had popped into my head from something I had read somewhere else and um, was like, like, it occurred to me. I was like, oh, I could do a better job of jamming if I tried this thing. So I, I set out to try it and I think it's working, right? Like, I think, like, I think it's helping. And again, 40 years, I can't even count how many games I've run. And yeah, you know, it was just like two days ago, two days ago, it was like um, Friday. Like just a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, that's the thing I could do to make like games run better. Like, and I've never done that before. It's not even like a technique I like dug up again. Like I just literally thought of something new. Yeah, man. Like we always grow. We can always get better. Yep. yep. And I just keep that in my head. So like, that's why I like, I don't mind feedback because it's like, Yes, I would like to grow. Yes, I would like to get better because I want to I want to play better. I want to run better games for people. That makes me happy. Jerry. Make the players happy. All right. Um, my thing is I like to, if I'm giving feedback, always start positive. If you if you have to give some sort of constructive negative criticism, regardless of what it is, start positive. Find something and be honest, but find something that you liked. You know, hey, this worked really well. I liked this. I liked that. You know, I thought that the 
encounters were cool. I thought that the uh, I really liked the, the 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 dwarven merchant that we talked to. Um, I'd like to see more of him in the future. Um, but uh, at the same time, I think that the encounter with the you know a three-headed dragon was was really difficult, and I felt like overwhelmed by it. Um, you know, again, make it about yourself. I felt overwhelmed by it, and then move on. Um, that's the sandwich. Yeah. I mean, you might have just mm-hmm. been doing the open face sandwich because you yeah, might. That's not have- exactly it. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, but you know, as long as I had fun, I want to make sure that I bring that in the equation. What did I enjoy? Um, because I've I've very rarely been in a game with good gems and good players where I didn't find something fun in the game. Um, if I'm in a game and I'm not having fun, I'll just tell them, you know what? I don't think this is working for me. I'm going to go I'll tell me when you guys get a new game. Yep. Um, and as a, when I receive feedback um, again, uh, I, if it's something somebody's saying, write it down, take a note, that sort of thing. Um, two things about that. Number one is it helps you remember it later. And number two is if you're, if you're writing it down or making some sort of note of it, that also tells the person that's giving you feedback that you're taking it seriously and that their feedback is worthwhile. Mm, yeah. um, nothing is nothing is worse than when somebody is, when you tell somebody something and you feel like it's going in one ear and out the other. And so just acknowledge them, make sure they're being heard. Um, you have to be uh, at work. Sometimes I have to say things like, I hear you. I understand you. You know, with coworkers, you can say that kind of thing with players. Don't do that. Be honest. You know, you know what? That's that is actually a good point. Um, you know, Maybe even if you're receiving feedback, ask a follow-up question, mm-hmm. you know, get some clarification. You know, I felt really overwhelmed by that encounter. Did it really? Um, okay. What was overwhelming about it? Was it the, the hit dice? Was it the monster that it had too many attacks? Was it just that, you know, and it could be something as simple as, you know, well, you know, I felt like the, I felt like giving it three attacks per turn when we only had one was just basically making everything we do um, difficult. You know, I felt like every time I tried to do something, it was being undone because he had too many actions to undo it. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, that's good. You know, that's good. To, that's a good point. Let me take a note. You know, that kind of thing. Go back and forth. Ask them questions. Give them feedback. You might find out that just by asking questions, <laughs> you end up with um, getting the answer to that feedback or the solution to that feedback or a way to simply move past it in a way that nothing needs to be done, but you've acknowledged it. They've acknowledged it. And now you both know what needs to be done in the future. Um, and then it doesn't have to be something that you have to dwell on for too long. Just remember it, but uh, just acknowledge your players, Bob. Yeah. So uh, when I'm giving feedback, my, my gut instinct is to, is to flow the positive. Um, I don't, I don't like to give people negative feedback um, just the way I am. So it's difficult for me to do that if, the, if it exists. So I always, my, my first go-to is, give them the positive like this part was really cool i really enjoyed that um so but as a whole um the whole feedback thing is something that i need to work on personally um especially receiving we've already mentioned i'm not i'm not good at receiving feedback and criticism um in general so yeah, bob I, you suck I, at it <laughs> damn you jerry no, I mean, you know, I, 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 I mean, honestly, Bob, I, on a personal level, I have, I have a similar problem, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it. Um, I don't have it professionally. Like I know how to professionally take a yeah. compliment. Um, I had to, I had to learn when I started, um, you know, when I first got into the industry, I had to learn how to take a compliment, um, you know, which, you know, the, and, and the thing I always say, and it's not a canned or um, disingenuous response, but the thing I always say is like, thank you. I appreciate that. Right. Like that's the, the mm-hmm. most genuine thing I could say to that. But if you say something to me like personally, 
right? Like, oh, you look handsome. I'm like, uh, like, let's not get into that. Right. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like, really? Like, what have you been drinking? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know about that. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, I struggle with that. Good. And I wound up having a talk with my therapist about it, who was like, have you ever considered being nicer to yourself? And I was like, oh, like, damn. <laughs> that is uh, honestly a very common problem with a lot of people not uh-huh. being nicer oh. to themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it just, you know, that one, like, that's why that self care like is punch. so important. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like, geez, don't beat yourself up. If there's something that's beyond your control, don't obsess over it and like there's there's I a can, whole spin out of things that can come out of that i can self can like i can self-care now but if somebody tells me like i look nice i'm like mine i don't know about that like just you know <laughs> yeah like it, 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 it also it also depends on who it is um yeah that's true you know you know my, my wife tells me i look nice i take it as honest i take it as an honest praise <laughs> and and acknowledge. i'll still make i'll still make make some comments sometimes like but uh, i try to take it as as honest because oh she's being honest and she's being nice um yep. and she's not just blowing smoke up my ass i mean i got i got some definite baggage i got some definite baggage on, oh, the, yeah. on a personal level mm-hmm. on a professional level i'm much better at it like i'm much better um taking that kind of thing um in stride like like i don't have a problem and you know mm-hmm. like if we say like oh I feel like game was really good. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm glad you had a good time, kind of thing. Or, you know, hey, I really liked your book. No problem. Like that podcast. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personal thing. Yeah. I never like, had a, a professional situation in my career that really lent itself to developing that those kind of skills like you guys did. Um, mine's always been support where we generally just have always been the lowest of low and got dumped on. Everything was always our fault. So we didn't really get feedback we just got told this is broken and it's your fault <laughs> like so it's not really uh you yeah. tend to get a thicker skin in general but it's not not as helpful um but yeah that's 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 mine uh i i i need to work on uh on receiving feedback and and processing it one thing that i definitely definitely need to do and not just because it it gives a message to the person giving me the feedback, but it's like I I have trouble remembering shit, you know. And it's not just being old. I've had trouble remembering shit for like twenty five years, you know. <laughs> so if somebody gives me feedback, I should write that shit down. Like that's a thing. I should I should write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you tell Absolutely. me something that you felt was important enough to tell me, I Push should up. write it down and then look at it again later and process <laughs> it. So yeah. It's um, something I'll work on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, my, my canned response at work is like, if a project goes really well and I will give, you know, the team, like I will give the team praise and single some people out on the team or whatever. And inevitably one of the other managers will be like, you know, but also Phil, like, you know, thank you for your contribution or whatever. But my answer is always like, it's team effort. (laughs) Like just, (laughs) and it's somewhat uncomfortable, but it is also like for professional purposes, I I can't let that shit get out of my head. Right. Like I am, um, you know, I have run many a successful project, um, but every project could be a failure, right? Like there's no, uh, yeah. like gotta keep it. And to some extent, that's my philosophy for GMing too, right? Like, I, you know, I like compliments. Like I like to know when things went well, but I always just assume I'm going to fuck something up in the next, in, in the next <laughs> game because, you know, um, it, you know, just could happen. Like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> like I got, I just might write something bad. Um, it's fine. Um, I don't take it personally anymore. Right. Like 
yeah. humble about it. Like, you know, but I think it's the one downside is like, I like, I mean, positive affirmations are great. Um, as long as you learn how to like, um, take them. not let them go to your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or take them. It's, 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 yep. I, I, I'll be honest. I think some of that comes from, at least for me, it was comes from being an eighties geek where, um, you always felt like whenever anybody was being nice to you, they were setting you up. They were either, if somebody was being nice to you, they were either um, trying to get something from you. Yeah. They were trying to take advantage of you. They were trying, they, they were getting ready to make fun of you for something. They were saying something nice, or this is the worst. Um, they were praising you for something that you weren't proud of. Sure. <laughs> I hated that, you know? Um, oh, you did really good in your math test. Okay. Yeah, but look how good you are at math. I don't care about math. You know, whatever, that sort of thing. Um, so you yeah. learn to that people never praised you for the things you you liked, and they were often setting you up for failure. And so you just learn to not take that criticism at all. Like, okay, yes, you know, you, you look nice today, thank you, and that's it. And that haunts you later on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's good to go on. So that's our look at GM feedback. Absolutely. We hope that the next time you give <clears throat> or receive feedback some of this advice is helpful. We're going to check in one more time with the chat room and then head on over to the conversation corner. Uh, hey, Blake Ryan is here. Uh, and uh, he reiterated the, uh, the uh, basically the um, give, uh, give uh, feedback, not solutions. Yep. <clears throat> um, which is a, a, always important. Um, and he said one feedback session, a guy ranted about his personal RPG design ideology for 10 minutes. The GM was in tears. Yeah, it's yeah, probably not I mean, the like, way to go. I mean, listen, like that GM's like if that GM makes it back to the table, it's a fucking miracle. Like, yeah, like that's not helpful, right? Like, I mean, and and you know, I mean, that was the like that's our whole purpose of feedback, right? Build up, like to yep. like to give, you know, to give advice to build up. And um, like that's the like that's the like here. I mean, I say this at the end of pandas every week, right? Like, look, there's a simple formula here. The more you enjoy GMing, the more you will GM. The more you GM, the longer you stay in the hobby and keep other people in the hobby, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there, like, there's a thing to it, right? Um, and so, yes, like that kind of, um, I need to tell you what you did wrong. Like, that's not helping anyone. That's just that person <clears throat> making themselves feel better by stepping on someone else. Yep, yep. And that's just shitty. Like that's, that's not building anyone up. That's just punching down. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't look at 40 something years of GMing, like I've gone to cons and sat in some bad sessions, Yeah, but I don't tank anyone for it. No. Right. Yeah. Um, if it's really bad, maybe the most polite thing I do is just thank them for running the game and leave. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but I don't sit there and be like, listen, in my 40 years and, you know, books and thousand hour of podcast and let me tell you what you did wrong here you know blah 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 no yeah. i mean just it's not helping anyone um be yeah. helpful <laughs> yeah lift people up yeah all right well let's roll on into the conversation corner now so my one thing for this week um there is a special on netflix um, Norm Macdonald, before he passed away, um, couldn't go out and do a show because of, of, of pandemic stuff going on. 
Um, so he recorded a special in his living room. So it's just him on camera with his headset and a mic and doing a set. And it was st- roughly standard set. It was about an hour. And then there was roughly a half an hour after it with a bunch of his peers reminiscing about working with him and discussing the, the special that they had just sat and watched and, 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 you know, going over, you know, talking about how it went and everything like that. And it was super bittersweet. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was like there were parts of it that felt like it was a little rambly, like he was starting to lose, lose focus, lose track. Um, there were very, very many little, some subtle and some not so subtle nods to death and mortality. Like, he, you know, like he knew it was coming and stuff yep. like that. And it was, um, it was an interesting show. Um, there was actually a couple of moments in there. I felt a tiny little bit cringe to me. Some of the way, the way he approached certain, certain topics. Um, but it was Norm Macdonald. It was like everything, the, the classic Norm Macdonald kind of thought process and delivery. Um, and listening to the commentary from the other people uh, afterward gives you a much better perspective on what you just watched as well. Yeah. Um, because they're, you know, they're in, they, they've done that. They've stayed, they've been behind the mic. They've done the stand up. They've interviewed the people, et cetera, et cetera. So you get that, that different perspective that a, a lay person who's just sitting watching a special at home doesn't really have. Um, and it was an interesting mix too. It was uh, David Letterman, um, Dave Chappelle, um, uh, Molly Shannon. Yeah. Chappelle, I could do without, but, um, Molly Shannon from SNL, um, um, Conan O'Brien, who I've never been a big fan of, but, um, Adam Sandler and David Spade. And it no, was some an people, interesting I mean, mix. And some of those people who directly worked with them, right? Like all no, through exactly. SNL. And- exactly. And it was, it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, like he recorded a special, you know, b- before he passed away and, you know, and Netflix is showing it. And I sat down expecting it to be like a, a, a full regular stage. special. Yeah. And it's just him sitting there doing the, the, the bits and stuff. And, it was just, it was kind of surprising, but like I said, when you, when you sit through it and then you listen to all the commentary and stuff like that, um, and Letterman especially had a, a lot of interesting thoughts about it. Like, it, like it was not, it was technically not stand up comedy per se, because, you know, he wasn't standing up. He wasn't in front of a crowd. He was like all of the classic bits of what makes stand up comedy. Technically, most of them weren't there. So was it, you know, like a little, little, uh, uh, semantics involved and, and that kind of thing. But it was just a very interesting show. And like I said, bittersweet because it was, it was like, you know, some funny Norm Macdonald stuff, but he's also gone, you know, and, 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 you know, that was sad. Um, and you could see in some of the bits that like he, he knew that it was coming. So it was, it was interesting. Um, kind of a little bit of a downer for the segment. I apologize for that, but, but, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it, in a way it felt good, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all sad. So, Mm -hmm. um, so there was that, um, keeping up with the, with the Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, strange new worlds, um, played a, still playing a chunk of van, a chunk of Valheim. Um, again, probably way more than I should, (laughs) At times, Jerry's like, no, no such and, thing. Uh, we had an awesome aux session, which Phil's going to mm-hmm. get into. Um, 
But that's uh, that's really the highlights of the that, and I've been dealing with that stupid door <laughs> leaking. It's a challenge, man. But uh, but yeah, that's me, Jerry. What's going on? For me, uh, my one thing is going to be Stranger Things. Um, I started watching the first two episodes about a week ago, and they were good. Um, and then I hit season three, and or episode three. Um, and I'll tell you, man, that show gets you on a roller coaster and just drags you along. Um, I watched the last five episodes in one sitting. It is, I mean, if you're an 80s kid, there is so much in there that's fun. But it's just, it's good writing. It's good characters. Um, they do a good job of constantly adding new characters and then fleshing them out and giving them things to do. And um, they're just, I, I obviously can't talk much about it because I don't want to give any spoilers. I'm just going to say, if you enjoyed any part of the first three seasons, season four, is just all of that and and more and um there are some just holy shit moments there are some oh yeah kind of moments and there are just some some really uh heart heart uh heartstring moments it's just it's a lot of fun it's it's the kind of show that i really just enjoyed on on all aspects and um if you're gonna sit down to watch it don't do what Bob did and start at 10 o'clock at night to watch the last two episodes because you'll be there for several hours. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying Obi-Wan. Um, I'm loving Strange New Worlds. I think it's great Trek. Um, Valheim is, is just a lot of fun. Bob and I get on several nights a week and we teamwork stuff and build and flesh out and stuff like that. Um, and Bob keeps finding these new videos on how to do things differently. And then we go out and we just try a bunch of new stuff. Um, I'm going to let Phil talk about Ox. I'm just going to say that Ox was a great time and um, it handled well. And there's been a bunch of uh, little Lego sets that have come out lately that have been VIP specials. You can only get them if you spend X amount of dollars at the Lego store, um, including one that's a kid's bedroom that has a bunch of classic space elements on it. If you've ever built Legos, there's a Galaxy Explorer t-shirt and there is a Beta Command base flag. Um, and uh, I got one of them already by actually going there, but I found somebody on Facebook Marketplace who was selling that one and the uh, Amp Baru Kitchen for... Does it have I mean, the blue milk? Yes, it does. Yep. Yes, it does. Uh, these are both things you had to, like, to get that one, you had to spend like 160, 180 bucks in, in Star Wars stuff to get it. And you got it for free. I didn't want, there's not enough Star Wars stuff I wanted to get for that, but they had it for like, I think they had like, they had... Both of them were like fifty bucks. It was like twenty-five a piece or thirty a piece. Whatever it was, they were they were right around what you'd actually pay for them if they were actual sets, or a little bit less than that. Um, so I've been building a bunch of really fun little little vignette sets that have just lots of fun little pieces and um, been a great way to unwind at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, I want myself a Galaxy Explorer T-shirt. Um, those who have done it with the original Lego Classic Space, the Galaxy Explorer was the big starship of the first. It, it was the it was the Millennium Falcon of the first of the first series of Lego Space. So um, I have three now, but I don't have the T-shirt. But all right, Phil. Yeah. Um, so my thing is Ox. Um, so we played Ox this week, um, and uh, solid game. Um, little rocky start, but um, we you know we table shopped how to keep everybody in the scene, so that was perfectly fine. Um, it was um, it was interesting because it was a little different than some of the other episodes. There wasn't a a, a race against the clock. Um, there wasn't an impending emergency. There was just some um, a civilization that could use a little help. Um, but there was also a couple of uh, story elements that um, 
that came out uh, two actually um, big story elements that came out that I think start to um, shed some light on what, what's actually going on in the, um, what the um, greater narrative or what's going on in this game um, essentially leading to what did the, why, like, why did the builders do what they did to these planets? Um, we're not quite there at the answer, but we've, we've inched incrementally closer mm-hmm. uh, to it. Um, it was a fun game overall. And like I said, uh, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I will mention it on the show at some point, and I'm going, I'm, I'm planning to do an article this month for Gnome Stew, but uh, I tried out a new um, technique that I added to my GMing and uh, I really liked it. And I think it worked for you guys as well. Um, but it just, it was like a technique um, that I thought of the other day and kind of messed around with it. I'm going to do some more messing around with it, but I think um, it's going to be a thing I'm actually going to try to incorporate uh, on a regular basis into my games. I don't think I need to do it for Knights Black Agents because it has its own, um, it has something on its own that does that. But for, um, but for Ox, I think it'll actually make a pretty good, um, it'll make a pretty good table addition. So I'll talk more about it. I don't mean to vague post on it, but anyway, Ox, Ox all around was solid. And plus I just, that game's really, um, it's hitting all the right things. Like it, it it's have, it's having a good stride. Um, it is going to have a finale. Like there is a planned end to this game. I shouldn't say planned. There is an end to this game. I don't have a plan. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm fairly certain. I don't understand what um, act three will be because I have to reveal a bunch of stuff to you in act two, and then we'll know what act three is going to be about. I'll need to see your reactions and then I'll know. Um, but anyway, Ox is doing a lot and I <clears throat> super love Cortex. Like I super love the system a lot. Um, I like, like I have, it's easy to model things in. Um, it is fun when the dice don't behave. Uh, Jerry went to cure Bob, um, the allergic reaction that he and Bob were having um, and rolled so poorly that off screen, um, a self-organizing uh, pollen colony is building itself right now on the outskirts of the city. Yep. Benda will appreciate this. I rolled five ones in one dice roll, and I did not have a single dice roll that night that did not have a one that Phil could buy, and oftentimes multiples. Yeah, you wound I, up with some points, though. Yeah, I think <laughs> I try. I try to think. I think. What, what do we? What do we do? I think I did. Uh, I know that at the mid part of the game, I'd rolled nine ones oh, so far. And and by end of game, I was up to like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I couldn't even so, buy them all. Like yeah, there were so yeah. many. I was yep. like, yeah. I was like, I'm good, Jer. I'm like, I don't, I don't think we need any more. Like, <laughs> I've complicated things enough. Uh, like, yeah, I can't put any more complications that we could deal with right now. But yeah, so anyway, yeah. Ox is going really well, and I just, I really do like, um, I really do like Cortex. Like Cortex, I'll just say this: Cortex for me is moving into the place that fate used to occupy for me. Um, And I think it like, it would be the equivalent of like um, what Savage Worlds, what, you know, is slash was for Jerry. Like it is becoming the game that I'm looking at other things. And I'm like, yeah, I could make that in Cortex. Like, and it would be fun. Like Star Frontiers, like Cortex style would totally work. Like, I actually want to talk to you about that. Cause I think, I think that's something that, that we'd have to look at. Because I think that it would be even. I mean, I've I've joked about how not joked, but I mean how I ran Star Frontiers using um, Face Rip, but I think Cortex would do a better job of it. I mean, let me tell you, I've got some I, thoughts on. Let that. me tell you how little I would convert from this game. The stats for that game 
just turn yeah. them into one just turn them into one of the blocks the yep. skill list from the game or from Zeb, you know from zeb's um from zebulon's companion like whichever one just make those the skills for the game and assign them. No, you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, you can no, fix the skill no, list. No, because the, the skill list was the big was the big following because oh. there was it, it was it was one of those skill lists that was either half half of it was way too vague and the other half was way too got, detailed. We've got fifteen skills for something that should just be a skill. Yeah, but so so probably I probably would take that skill list and hammer yeah. it out into a, yeah. a a more um yeah. a more even skill list, and then after that. I'm thinking you just need for all of the known species um, trait. There's a thing called traits, which are uh, yeah. like special effects. Like you could do the Dralocyte thing with the, you know, give them a few traits about their um, amorphous bodies, Yazirian um, gliding. Yeah. I yeah. should probably stop you guys before you get too deep into the weeds on that one. We should just yeah. take that to yeah. the after show. Like, yep. Okay. Yep. Let me just, let me then, let me finish this off so we can wrap up the show. Um <clears throat> We Bob talked about Strange New Worlds, Kenobi. Holy shit, the Obi Wan Kenobi show! Like, yeah. I, is it is it you know is it the greatest Star Wars ever written? No. Is it fun and enjoyable? Hell yes. Yeah. And I'm still not ready to take the lid off of spoilers, even though Senda Ooh. saw one episode. So the thing that I was I didn't want her to be spoiled about, she knows about. But oh man, there is a character on that show that I am just in love with. Um, and episode three was great. Like, yes. A, um, just some great moments with that character. Um, Stranger Things is fucking great. Like yeah. those episodes are fucking great. And my man Steve is still probably one of the best characters on that show. Like, still think I think I think out of all the characters, when it's all said and done, Steve had the best arc. But I will say, a close runner-up in season four is Murray. Ooh. Yes, very good. <laughs> for for everybody who hasn't who hasn't watched it yet, um, we've praised it up and down. But yeah. be advised, this is not your forty five fifty minute episode season. <laughs> These episodes are an hour ten, hour twenty, <laughs> hour thirty, um, and the final two that are coming out in July, episode eight is supposed to be like an hour and 28 minutes and episode nine, the finale is supposed to be close to two and a half hours. I mean, it's just going to be a movie. Just so be advised. You're not, these are not quick, you know, these, these are going to take a little bit of time. But if you, um, if you already got through season three, jump into season four, Yeah. if you've never watched it, man, just go watch it. Like I, I I can't say enough. It's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. A couple things played long live the queen that's uh that's that is also going um exceedingly well uh and is a different variant of cortex that i'm playing and it is also working like a charm played a little bit of minecraft not too much and then um, i watched two movies over the weekend uh this weekend was the 40th anniversary of wrath of khan so um i just watched wrath of khan one evening and uh didn't lose a fucking thing like that movie's just that movie's just magic like (laughs) i don't like to lose i don't like to lose I just I love that movie and um, it's great. And then the other one I watched because we started talking about it on Sunday night after you guys left. Um, yeah. I sat and watched Empire Records um, and I just forgot how much fun that movie is like. And it reminded me of how much fun Damn the Man Saved the Music is because yep. it is so like, it, yeah. oh, I just like we were playing like we were I was watching it and I'm like, shit, this movie is so much fun from the shoplifter <laughs> to Rex Manning to um oh just like every aspect of it and it and it is i think it is a great sample of 90s movie 
right? Like it is, it is a great nineties movie as well as just being a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, I, 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 and then I started listening to the empire Records soundtrack for a while because, um, so good. All right. That's me. I'm done. Bob, um, shout out, shout them out. Yes. Uh, very big, big thank you. Shout out to James Aitken, Noah Bond, Alice Kira, Austin Lemke, Chris Mead, Craig Duffy, Dan Simons, David Walker, Secret Weapon of the Show, Drew Smith, and our very own Glenn Seiler. And thanks to everyone else for listening. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. The Queen's Time, you're welcome. Come join us live on Twitch where you can chat with the other listeners in the chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. If you can't make the live show, check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, take a listen to some of the other shows in the Mr. Mark Network, such as They're a Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bone, Stone, and Obsidian, The FM Gamers, Panda's Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Jean Who Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and the incredible back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out our sibling podcast, Tabletop Bellhop, Nights of the Night. And, um, game, what is it? Is it GM Mastering? Game Master? What? Man, didn't we just, we, I just Pete realized we didn't, we didn't update the damn template. Apologies. Yeah. No, you know what? Go Pete back Kelly. and listen to back episodes of Gaming MBS while you're at it. Yeah, that too. Yeah. There you go. I'm just saying, Senda was on, um, I think Senda and Jared were on the most recent um uh, uh Senda, what's the name of the show yes my queen it. sean so embarrassed yeah um anyway oh man we'll get to that yeah um yeah. hell Roll leave us some leave some leave us <laughs> leave some, us feedback. some feedback i usually make up something for this but i'm just going to use the line that's actually in the notes man <laughs> leave us some feedback you can reach us directly via the emails uh, MMP at misdirectedmark.com or hit us up on the Twitters. The show in the network is at misdirectedmark. He is uh, Ro- Robert Robert M. Everson. Wow, sorry about that. GM Gerrymander. I'm DNA Phil. And the show is GM Mastermind. Yes, GM Mastermind. GM yeah, Mastermind. Kelly. Thank you. All right. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhengu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhengu Hustle. And bonus experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. If you haven't seen the pattern yet, I don't know what to say. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Panda Stocking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and hey, other special releases when we get them. You never know. This has been a Mr. Mark production. The media arm of the code of design. Mic drop. Yow!